Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Before we get started, I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Anchor, seeing that it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. First off, it's free. There's tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast basically in one place. So with that being said, let's get started. It's your guy, Jonathan, on the Gifted Gab. Um, pleasure to be here. Excited to get this conversation rolling. Uh, this is the first of many, so stay tuned. It's been a, 2020 has been a wild year so far, man. There's a lot of shit going on. Crazy. Uh, oh, Frick, what can you start with? COVID, Kobe, Pop Smoke, Black Lives Matter starting right now. The, yeah. You know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of tragedies, but there's a lot of good that's coming out of things too. A lot of people are being aware. Of a lot of the, the the issues that were you know underlying before um, Black Lives Matter, especially. That's one thing that you know I kind of wanted to bring you on because you have some experience with that. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and how you feel about Black Lives Matter? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of people are starting to recognize what Black Lives Matter movements about, or just the fact that it even exists. So um, biggest thing I can touch on is, you know, I've always been motivated by the movement of unity from beginning mm-hmm. of like 2013 when they first were founded. Um, I was living in the States at the time. So we were also seeing it firsthand and like, you know, really close to like seeing it on TV while you're living out there. Um, and then, of course, moving fast forward into the Baltimore riots in 2015, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm living back here in Canada and we don't really see too much coverage about it. And finally, I feel in 2020, like it's everywhere. Like mm-hmm. everyone's starting to catch on and understand what people are fighting for. It's not just a movement. It's not just Black Lives Matter. It's actually a human rights problem. It's that an we're, issue, yeah. Yeah, it's an issue. And you know, it's the biggest in history. Like 50 states all like fighting that's, for the same that's thing. That's crazy. And that's on top crazy. of that, 18 different countries. <laughs> Like, who would ever thought, like, people in Japan have Black Lives Matter signs? Mm-hmm. It's a worldwide thing. And it's Palestine, not just in the yeah. States. Palestine as well, yeah. Palestine as well. So, I mean, th- this means a lot to me, especially right now, because I feel like we are so close to actually progression. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're so close to making a real difference instead of just seeing this, sharing it on Instagram, you know, having, you know, progressive dialogue mm-hmm. with your friends. But now it's like we can walk in the streets and you know hold signs have our voices heard Mm -hmm. you know talk with the great organizers um of all the protests i've been a part of and you know the biggest thing we talk about as i'm starting to get more involved over the last couple weeks Mm. is a plan of action and it's about what can we do now you know we know we know the problems 100 we've been knowing the problems it's just about having you know actionable demands or, or a set of criteria that we could reach to that we can that we can give to our leaders but I kind of wanted to touch on like what you're saying before about like the, the the support that's been behind Black Lives Matter a lot of people have been um, from all races been supporting it um my question is you know you have a lot of people that are there they're in the front lines you know they're putting in the footwork but do you feel like there's some that are there because they're coerced or because they're pressured into doing it or do you think some are there because they actually inherently feel like this is a racial injustice problem, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's there's a fine line between the two. And I think that that definitely needs to be discussed. And, you know, you can be pressured into doing things, but how long will that support last? Mm-hmm. How long will that person feel, I don't know, guilty or, or maybe 
um, to, to continue uh, the Black Lives Matter movement? Like, how, how do you feel about that? 100%. Um, that's the thing, right? It's, it's, it's very hard to judge. It's tricky. Yeah, it's very hard to judge who's being genuine in their actions and mm -hmm. what they're trying to do uh, part with this movement. And it's hard to see who will be down for the long haul, like who's ready to, it's not about ready to give up. It's about putting everything on the line mm. for what you're doing, like for what you believe in. You know, it's no longer just, you know, I'm going to be active in sharing or, you know, I'm going to learn. I'm going to talk to my circle. It's about stepping in front of, you know, a camera. It's about, you know, maybe talking, stepping outside your comfort zone, comfort zone. Yeah. Talking to people at your work, like talk to human resource management and be like, hey, like, let's have diversity mm -hmm. be um, a main point of action in our company's, you know, talent management or recruiting process. Mm -hmm. Like those things have to be discussed about not just in your home, but like at work mm -hmm. with your friends. Like you got to be willing to sacrifice how people are going to think of you, mm -hmm. especially like you said, your comfort zone and stand up for what's right. Like, you know, just to bring it up today, I saw a video of a white man in Ohio. It was a sm like a small town in Ohio. And there was people outside gathering, I guess, um, a majority like white predominant group outside just, I guess, you know, with the American flag and, you know, just talking about America. And he was speaking up for Black Lives Matter. Yeah. By himself. Like, yeah. he didn't have a group of people with signs, yeah. with a megaphone. It was just him by himself. And he got punched in the head in front of the police, and they didn't do anything about it to stop it. That's madness. And it's crazy to me, because it's like, he's so brave, and it took that much strength to, like, stand up for what you believe in, but you got ridiculed by the people in your town yeah. and the police department who's there to serve and protect you. Yeah. So to me, it's like you have to be willing to take that kind of sacrifice if you really want to see a change. That takes courage, man. And I, I think a lot of the things with Black Lives Matter is sometimes there's going to be people that are opposed to you. Sometimes there's going to be people that are against you. And it's important to say, okay, I believe in this. If I'm alone on this, I'm still going to believe in it. 100%. Um, but I, my, my biggest issue is just like that whole coercion, the pressure thing. I don't, I don't want people to look at this movement as a way to um, just to fit in, in yeah. a sense. You know what I'm saying? You have brands popping out with these new <laughs> strategies like we just got here. You know, I've, you've seen the Band-Aid brand yeah. um, have the, uh, <laughs> the color colors. complexion. Yeah, like... Or the Bachelor having their first black person. That's crazy. You know what I'm years. saying? Yeah. It's crazy. And those are things that I feel like are not done for um, the culture, but more for clout. Yeah. Um, just and, so they stay yeah. relevant. In a and sense. that's the hard thing, especially with your friends too. Like you see people who are now posting, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I never seen them speak out Facts. about it. And then now like, because it's trending, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's talking about it and you don't want to be on the other side. You it's, cool, wanna, it's the cool thing to do. It's a cool thing to do, yeah. but you also don't want to get backlash from not supporting yeah. something that's seemed as right. Yeah. So when we see those things, all we can do is be grateful that we're getting, we're spreading awareness, be grateful that we're getting support from the people, but to also educate that like this isn't just for now yeah. like these are it's not and that's why i say plan of action right if we can implement a plan of action where people in the community are like all right it's not just about posting it's not just about having the conversations it's like mm. you know let's sit down at city council meetings let's yeah. let's have you know meetings let's talk about laws to be in place against yeah. like harsher sentences for hate crimes yeah 100 percent. i think having the representation of us within those meetings is important mm -hmm. you can't do anything about us without us how, how are you going to have policies Facts. that are, are geared towards us with none of us at the table mm -hmm. at the end of the day the oppressed or which is currently us and you know um indigenous peoples that, that suffer a blunt portion huge, of that huge. need to be at those round tables uh -huh. um we know what's best for us because we went through those things we are being um targeted there, there's uh 
a lot of covert and over racism in Canada. Canada, I want to get this whole thing clear. Canada is <laughs> we have a foundation of racism in yeah. this country. Um, it's it's it, it may not be as big as the states. Maybe we kind of get brushed off as like the little brother, and it's not bad here. But it's 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 prevalent here, mm-hmm. and we're and seeing it now more yeah. than ever. And that's because of the media too, right? Yeah, like it's about what's trending. And now that there's conversations on our media side now and they're more involved mm. they're almost at all the protests <laughs> like they're active now but yeah. it's like where we, was this before where was this before we've been talking about this mm. right but like like you said before it's the biggest civil rights movement of, of history mm. in terms of what i've researched and you know this is bigger than Millie Man March, MLK, all that in is terms that of in terms numbers? of in terms of globally like how many like it's yeah, been in every that single state right like not density, but in terms of reach, like it's been some different sense. states, uh, 18 plus countries, yeah. um, and counting. So I mean, like it's it's not just for now, and the new, and the media knows that now. Yeah, like the media is here to cover everything. Facts. So I mean, it's hard. It's hard for us being in Canada, looking at this now in the news and being like, we went through this five years ago, mm-hmm. ten years ago, and we didn't have much support. But now it's not about us. Like it's about the youth. It's like now that we finally have the attention of the media, mm. now that like people like us are in the streets protesting, it's for the youth to now have you know the support from us mm. and then direct us in the right way. One hundred percent about the future. You know, one hundred percent. Just dialing back to that, what you were just saying. That this is the biggest civil rights or, or social rights. Um, I guess you could say initiative going on of all time. I think a lot of that has to do with social media. Yeah. And yes. what I was saying before about, you know, it being trendy and people doing it for the trends, there's, there's, there's two sides to it because yeah. a lot of social media does is it spreads awareness. It gets mm-hmm. countries like, you know, you're saying Japan and, yeah. and, and other places to support Black Lives Matter. But at the mm-hmm. same time, some of it, some people might look at it as a trend. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is definitely two sides, but I think, um, I think it was Will Smith who said it. It's not that this, it, I don't know. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but you said it, these things have been going on forever. We're just seeing it more now. So yeah. that's or it's uh, being filmed. Or it's being filmed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of the tragic incidents is like George Floyd and other, you know, Breonna others, Taylor, Breonna yeah. Taylor, others who have passed. It's it's tough to see, but without social media, I don't think we'd be knowing about this. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been swept under the rug, mm-hmm. um, like so many countless others who didn't get documented and filmed. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm kind of glad that you know we're bringing more awareness now to it. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Um, but yeah, Black Lives Matter is something that's that's here to stay. I don't yeah. think it's, I don't want it to be a trend. And what's so important to talk about? It's like I know we bring up social media and the fact that it's here now, and people are able to share. We post mm-hmm. things so quickly, mm-hmm. right? But it's the fact that non-black people are so involved as they are is why I feel like the momentum is gaining. Yeah, because it's know? not just us. It's not just yeah. us. Like it's no longer a fight about you know it's not black versus white. You know it's about humans everyone against racism yeah, facts. Like that no longer that's facts. not tolerable you know facts. what i'm saying that's a bar yeah and, and no it's it's, <laughs> it's a bar it's but a it's bar. it's the truth like i'm yeah. standing beside you know white people asian people like you know asian south asian like mm. all types of different cultures and it's they're yelling louder than me mm-hmm. that's crazy you know like they're passionate about you know black people being oppressed for so many years and not really having a voice but now like you said where do we see the disparity? Is it genuine? Is it clout? Yeah. Is it, you yeah. know, for acceptance? Is it like tribalism where you just want to be a part of a group Something, and yeah. now we have momentum? But now it's, I think that's a responsibility on us mm-hmm. to take, you know, those people who are here uniting with us and direct them to be like, look, you feel like you're seeing our pain. 
you know, we have sympathy from you. You know, mm-hmm. you're here united with us, but now this is what we need you to do. And this is what we need all our people to do. Not just signing petitions. Yeah. We need you to take this email. City officials need to be aware. Same. Mayors need to be aware. Pressure them into making different laws to protect black people. Yeah. Laws were created to protect people, but they didn't think about us when they were first They're created. definitely excluding black people, for sure. 100%. Yeah. There's a history of that. Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. Um, you see, I'm glad you mentioned laws and the the institutions that we you know constantly are are within um, mm-hmm. education um, just uh, work whatever mm-hmm. just the way in way in which we operate within these institutions are are embedded with racism mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of talk about specifically almost the educational system and um, just within politics together um, what are you have you ever ran into any occurrences of racism in, in the educational system because mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people have been talking about mm-hmm. um just with the the lack of i don't know you could say the lack of black history taught in yes. schools or the the biases from teachers to black students that are that mm-hmm. occurred and i mean ha- have you ever experienced something like that or is that something well yeah definitely things to, to touch upon is a month of like you know just celebrating certain inventors is not enough it's 28 days it's yeah. the shortest month of the year <laughs> like how does i'm it doesn't make sense to me. It and, really doesn't. And even then, it's like, that's not even enough. Even if it was two months, like, it's not enough because it's kind of s- separating history. Like, mm. it's, we're segregating history now. I've never looked at it like that, but yeah. it's facts. Yeah. To be like, we just want Black History Month or we just want to talk about Black people for this month, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's not okay with us because we need, to, we need to show the kids that this is Canadian history and Black people mm-hmm. are involved. Mm-hmm. American history, like when I was living in the States, um, you know, they barely talked about slavery and they barely talked about segregation like Jim Crow laws and mm. barely talked about Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or any civil rights movement. They barely talked about it, you know? And to me, it was just eye-opening because it's like, you know, half the class was black and no one, and, and, and it's, it's just a wow. shame to me to be like, I'm not given the opportunity to learn about African-American history. I'm not given the ability to learn about you know, the ancestors and like being oppressed and how they rose against mm. it. You know, we're not given that opportunity, that's, like you said. Yeah, that's one thing that I'm glad you brought that up is um, being a member of the Get the Gab, we partnered with one of my friends actually in Edmonton. Her name is Sam. She's a, she's a teacher in Edmonton, but mm. we've kind of came together to start a petition around anti-biased um, racism education mm-hmm. and making that mandatory for post-secondary students um, and universities across, yes. not even universities, but colleges as well too, College, yeah. um, across Canada. Um, it's crazy because I, I've talked to my friends about this, but I can go to, you know, I go to University of Alberta, but I can go to U of A. I can learn about, you know, French history, Russian history, yeah. um, East Asian studies, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But when I want to learn about myself, it's not there. The optional was mm-hmm. never there. And I thought that was a big problem because that, that representation in education is lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, even with, like you were saying, February, the month, it's, that's, that yeah. education is lacking. A month, the shortest month of the year with 28 days, it just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And, and what doesn't make sense, sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, you can go. What doesn't make sense is like how we are praised for that month, but it's like we're not, we're not talked about as a collective. Yeah. Like we're not talked about as like, you know, Martin Luther King was, you know, a huge influence on civil rights movement and Lyndon B. Johnson was the president who signed off on these things mm-hmm. and like Congress as well. Like they collectively were starting to understand black people's perspective and then it was like, that's American history. That's not black history. That is American, American. history. You can't, like you're saying, you can't separate the two. You can't separate the two and I feel like, you know, students like when we were young, we don't, like we're starting to see the division of just February and then we forget about it in March, mm-hmm. you know? Like mm-hmm. there's too many different factors where, um, 
like for example spring break or whatever right after february and kids are like okay back to your regular schedule like yeah. back to being you know a regular yeah. kid and it's like no we want you to know that like like you, your skin color matters in this society mm-hmm. like you your people had a part in shaping canadian history so now that we're able to like teach you like every single year like you're saying yeah. it's not and like you said it's not just college i don't want it to be an elective you know like, it should be mandatory it should be mandatory yeah. like earlier on and um i was talking to someone from like the toronto district school board and i've actually reached out to the ontario ministry of education to try to somehow at least have the conversation to bring up that american african history needs to be in terms implemented of, yeah implemented with Canadian history agreed black history sorry agreed so i mean i feel like with the support that we're getting nowadays with social media, yeah. people signing petitions. Oh, yeah, it's big, it's big, it's big. It's huge. Social media is big. Ho- hopefully that helps education because that's going to sh- that's gonna shape our future, man. Like, I've, I've always thought racism started at home with education. Mm-hmm. It'll end with education as well, too. I believe that. Yeah. It's huge, man. Because, you know, everyone is having their own, like, perspective on the fight. Yeah. Because this is a fight. Education, a, yeah. the law, mm-hmm. you know, police. And I feel like you said it edu- starts with education. Mm-hmm. And it'll end with education. Mm-hmm. Everything is crazy. My, uh, this is just, it's kind of not off topic, but just a fun fact. Not mm-hmm. even a fact. This mm-hmm. is just his perspective. Basically, the way our government, I could say, has run is there's definitely some racist principles or mm-hmm. oppressive principles towards black people mm-hmm. in there. Um, and this is the example we used, and it kind of blew my mind. If you look on Eglinton Avenue, what mm. are the main businesses there? <laughs> Eglinton West, right? Eglinton West. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I think they called it Little Jamaica. Little Jamaica, a, pre- a predominantly black area, right? Yes. How long has construction been going on there for? <laughs> <laughs> Since I can ever remember. Exactly, exactly. I think it's been about 10, 11, 12 years. Yeah. Having a major construction project around those areas will definitely. Um, prohibit traffic from getting there definitely Mm -hmm. uh influences the flow of traffic and the ability for people to get there yeah so looking at that it's like okay if it takes 12 years to fix this road why does it take one year to fix a road up in north york or Mm -hmm. you know downtown wherever doesn't matter but in my eyes there's no way a road should take that long to fix yeah wherever you go come on let's let's be real so construction is a different level it's a different level though it definitely is a different level maybe there's there's more to it that i'm not seeing yeah but just looking at it from my perspective it's there's some something fishy going on there. Mm-hmm. Definitely something fishy going on there that I just thought is it's not right. It's not yeah. right for sure. So I like the fact that you brought up, you know, that black community in Eglinton West, because um, just conversations I've had with different black organizers and the protests is that we don't really have like a community, like a black community. Yeah. Like you know, there's Greek Town. Yeah. You know, like that's everyone knows about that yeah. there's little italy yeah fourth, yeah, little yeah, yeah. You, like you see different areas where it's like all right they have their culture here mm-hmm. you know like or in markham but like if you look at the map we're so spread out like we're yeah. in scarborough like you know we're in mississauga mm-hmm. like we're in the mississauga protests and that was, that was bumping yeah yeah was very very uh, powerful very powerful and there was a lot of you know black support that was there you know and i feel like once we're able to realize that you know once I think Malcolm said, I can't remember. It's like once we realize like we're black and realize that like this is we're obligated to be in this fight and we have a cultural obligation mm-hmm. to see, you know, the empowerment of our people. That's when we're going to start forming our own communities. Because once we form our own community, like we're now united. 
that we start keep, we get the ball rolling. That's the most powerful thing. I remember I don't know the name exactly, um, but it was a powerful U.S. leader. He was in he was in uh, government, and he said the most fearful thing is seeing um, unification among black people. Yes, that's the most fearful, powerful thing that could happen, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that definitely needs to happen. Um, not only with the support for Black Lives Matter, but even economically too, mm-hmm. having our own dollar within our community, yes. having us become more economically strong is important. Mm-hmm. There's a page called Black Dollars To. It's on Instagram. I don't know if you follow it, but it's definitely. I'll probably include the link somewhere around this yeah. here, but um, it's basically a page that promotes Black businesses yes. um, across the GTA. And um, this is just a fun fact within the within the Asian community, a dollar lasts 17 days approximately. Within the Jewish community, it lasts 14. And within the black community, it lasts six hours. Wow. So and that's in Toronto? That's in tr- that's, I think it's worldwide. I, I think it's yeah. worldwide. Don't quote me on that, but that's that's the stats that I'm hearing. I heard about that in the US. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And just seeing those numbers, it's like we're the only community to get a paycheck and spend it right on Gucci. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, no one's no, no one gets their paycheck and goes straight to the Caribbean yeah. spots or the African. Like it doesn't make. There's a there's a discrepancy there. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and um, the stats prove it that Black people have a huge purchasing power. Um, I was trying to get stats on that in Canada, but in the U.S., it's uh, 1.2 trillion dollars, I believe, or 1.7 trillion dollars purchasing power annually. Mm-hmm. So. And we're such, and like our community is a high consumer in Mercedes Benz. We're the number one consumer <laughs> yeah, Mercedes yeah. Benz. And it's like we're number one consumers in, I believe, certain alcohol brands. And it's like just th- certain things like you said. Hennessy? Not Hennessy. I can't speak on that. I, I oh, definitely don't know. But like just to go back to your point yeah. was um, we're so quick to spend our paycheck on what's trending, what's popping. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like with this movement, now there's pages like there's a black owned page on um, black owned TO on Instagram. Mm. And there's different pages now starting to get more light. Mm. And it's like now we're starting to get recognition for like our clothing brands, Um, get recognition for our food spots. You know, like people love our culture. People love our food. People love our music. People love the way we dance. (laughs) So so, so support us. It's facts. So support us. And then our own people need to support us as well, like you said. And the, the, the moment that you realize that, like, your skin is your obligation is the moment you're going to realize how much power you have together. And I feel like... I think it's about, like, for me personally, I've been trying to make more conscious efforts to mm-hmm. supporting black businesses. And I think a lot of other people have been doing it, too, as well. I will look for some food spots and I'll be like, damn, this is really convenient. Mm-hmm. But is it black? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I don't want the, this this perception to be, let's shop or circulate our dollar for black owned businesses to like punish other communities that's mm-hmm. not what i'm that's not what we're trying to do is mm-hmm. to strengthen ours yes and strengthen ours alone this is not mm-hmm. a battle of like like you were saying white versus black or mm-hmm. whatever it's a battle of combating racism and promo- uh, promoting equality mm-hmm. that's with in all factors economically mm-hmm. um and just socially as well too so, yeah 100 yeah. percent. especially when you realize Companies like H and M, when they put out a T-shirt, it's stupid, but the yeah, coolest the, monkey in the jungle, yeah. and people will still shop there. Mm. Like after it dies down, but it's like there's we need more resources, and I believe they're out there. As I started researching in the last couple of weeks, there's resources where you can see like where your company's like I guess political views are, or like, oh really? Yeah, there's certain different. There's different ones like. Don't quote me on it. I know they just came out with one that support Donald Trump. Like yeah. the, the Houston Rockets owner is, um, he is he does funding for, for Trump? Trump's campaign. And I mean that's all on you. It's it's not about political views again. Yeah. It's just about do your morals 
align with the company's morals, right? Like we can talk about, you know, child labor, mm-hmm. you know, in different countries. And then, you know, that just starts a whole nother discussion. But in terms of right now, the empowerment of black people is important because it keeps our dollar within our community. Mm-hmm. It, um, I guess it empowers or influences others to do the same, you know, like entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It's now trending, right? But like, if we're able to teach the youth how we were able to become entrepreneurs, how we're able to start our own businesses, that's when our community will um, flourish. But all right? we see on TV is just the only way you can be, be successful is through sports or rap mm-hmm. or the main avenues that I see, at least. Um, that's a narrative that that's we can change. That we definitely can change. Mm-hmm. Why not um, politics? Exactly. Right? Exactly. I think what we were talking about before, like what's trendy, mm-hmm. we shouldn't start making those trends. Yes. It's like not that. a bad thing to <laughs> to be a politician. It's not a no. bad thing to um, work in wherever, wherever. Mm-hmm. Like it, there needs to be this, this narrative that changes from just sports and rap and you know, you can be successful doing a lot of other things. Yeah, it's just so. about it's just about what are you willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. for like the betterment of your people, right? Facts. Because it's not like you have to become a doctor or it's not like you have to become a politician, yeah, yeah. but it's like, it's a fact that our kids know that they can become that. Yeah. Like you said, all the we see is, yeah, the opportunity. Yeah. All we see is dribbling a basketball or behind yeah. the mic. Like, yeah, you can do so much more than what the media is telling you or society is telling you to do. And don't get me wrong, playing basketball and music, those are two outlets that a lot of us um, can relate to. Huge, yeah. It definitely um, saved us from a lot of things that, you know, we would have been exposed to. So I, um, those are definitely avenues that I can't be, I can't even be more thankful for. Because, oh, definitely you know, not. You know, me and you can relate for sure, especially on that. But there is more opportunities. Mm-hmm. There's more opportunities with a lot of things that need to be um, explored for sure within our community. That's yeah. definitely lacking. So it's just finding your way yeah. and then having resources. Like the biggest thing I advocate is resources yeah. in terms of kids knowing that they can do these different things, knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, like Toronto Public um, Toronto Public Library has like certain hubs and different libraries yeah. where um, they can 3D printing. They have 3D printing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a hub where you can record a recording studio, you know, and there's different things that are available to the kids. It's just about how accessible are those resources to you in yeah. your community. Yeah. So I feel like that's what's most important. Speaking on resources, there's a whole debate going on about police defunding. Oh, yeah. um, that's what's your take on that? I gotta hear this. Yeah, um, police defunding is being widely used yeah. in terms of like like Black Lives Matter protests and you know any Black empowerment organizations, especially mm-hmm. in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, my take on it is it's a touchy area because you know the budget is is publicly accessible, but you know, we as a public, as a community, want to see better use of that money. Mm. And if for so many years we've been asking for like, I don't know, some people are advocating for body cameras. Some people are advocating for more um, community relationships with the um, police departments, whichever region you're in. Mm. And um, since we have not seen money used in our favor and it's our tax dollars, mm-hmm. people are demanding for, de- um, for police to be defunded. Mm-hmm. What's the point of me paying my tax dollars if I'm always a suspect when I'm leaving my house? It doesn't house? make sense. We're paying to be targeted? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're giving our money. And we should have more say in yeah. where our tax dollars goes. And since we are usually victimized for hate crimes in our community, victimized with, um, you know, police brutality, depends on where you're living. But I feel like we have a chance to speak out and, you know, try to shift where the money can go. Do you? Do you, sorry to interrupt, do you think it would be more beneficial to have more black police officers? 
Although it's, even the police system mm-hmm. is inherently racist, do you think that would make a difference? I don't think so. You don't think so? It's a, it's it's a systemic be, problem yeah. that, that has been ingrained in that system mm-hmm. from, you know, since, since it was created. Mm-hmm. If people want to look it up, um, they'll realize how the police system was created and why it was created, mm-hmm. you know? And not to touch too much on it, but I feel like we need to have community representatives that are having that dialogue with the police on how to work with the community, right? Like having a black officer isn't gonna change how I feel about the police 100%. system. Yeah. I feel like you know having a community relationship where it's the people can talk to people from the police or have a representative from the police who works with the community and for our benefit, that will make me feel better about mm-hmm. how I view the police. So yes, taking a 10% cut from the Toronto Police Services or any police services in our GTA, if that can go towards um, housing and community or and social services, social services, yeah. Yeah, mental health, like yeah. it's, it's, it's weighs a lot on me because yeah. I feel like police is the last step. That 911 call yeah. is the last step. 100%. And I feel like there's so many, there's so much more preventative measures such as having, you know, a black guidance counselor um, representing or talking to black students yeah. where they can actually have personal conversations. I feel like they are yeah. represented and heard. I think and, and, and relatable yeah. and then also having access to like mental health mental health positions where it's like if I have problems that I'm experiencing and racism is it can take a toll on your mental health Facts. so if I feel like you know I'm experiencing racism in school and I have a you know guidance counselor who can refer me to a mental health position where I get the help that's needed and it's not affecting my parents um, pockets I feel like that will help me transition better through life mm-hmm. and maybe prepare me for encounters with the police that that is a preventative measure that needs to be focused on first, yeah. not last. Yeah, definitely. We need to be more proactive than reactive. Mm-hmm. Reactive, sorry. Um, having, I think, relatability is key. Having people in places, having people in places of power that look like us is key. We yes. just talked about it before earlier, but like a black guidance counselor. Um, I remember being in. <laughs> I was in. This is probably middle school. I was a. I was a bad youth, man. <laughs> I was in middle school and. I thought one teacher was targeting me. I really did. And there'd be times where, like, the whole class would laugh. I would laugh, but she'd be like, oh, no, Andre, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, go to the go to the office. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, fuck. You know, we got to do this again. But um, we had a guidance counselor at that time, and she really helped me transition through that, that uh, those experiences and, and helped me to see things from a different light. But she also allowed me to relate to her in the sense where, like, we're black. We, we're going to experience things mm-hmm. differently than, than some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you were just saying, social services, people having people in pl- on places of power is, mm-hmm. is important that look like us. 100%. It's extremely important. So. 100%. And yeah. some people, like, because it's not, like, out of sight, out of mind, you, mm-hmm. don't, you don't see certain things of why a kid acts out a certain way. Facts. You don't understand where that kid is coming from. And, like, something that I, I was reading on, like, um, different mental health institutions here in Toronto, um, they were saying that there's some evidence that indicates uh, indigenous and black populations that are over-presented in the justice system when it comes to violent crimes and victimization. Um, they're saying that some researchers, uh, some researchers have argued that it's the social conditions that indigenous and black Canadians live through that can contribute to why the rate of violence is high in their communities. That makes sense. And why they go through certain things. Yeah. Um, and why it kind of like contributes to how when they act out in class or you know, maybe temper issues or mm. different things like that, that obviously I'm not a mental health physician, I can't speak on, but like we have to understand the root of the problem, right? Yeah. And how police treat the community is a part of that problem. Mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of tension within our community that needs to get addressed before police address it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. No. This, this this racism thing is tough. It's huge, man, and it's, it's taxing on everyone. And I always stress, like, yo, please, please unplug from social media. If Fa- you balance is key. I feel like we're in a battle uh, between fighting um, racism together and mm-hmm. taking breaks and. It's about not feeling guilty to take breaks. It's, it's yeah, okay. Um, it's okay. You don't want to burn out. That's the number one thing. Because we're going to need you at the end of the fight. Definitely. <laughs> no, definitely. 100%. Um, but yeah, with social media and everything, we're always surrounded by mm-hmm. new information, new content. Oh, what happened here? What happened there? But I even find myself needing to take breaks from time to time because mm-hmm. my mental health will be affected. 100%. Definitely. So, yeah. And that's um, only going to counter, yeah. counteract what we're trying to do. Facts. Right? Facts only make things worse. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... Yeah, this this uh this twenty twenty's been a mess, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um it's been a mess. Yeah, some huge things I was talking to you about before was um trying to coordinate some type of union mm-hmm. amongst different black organizations. Um, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement in Toronto. Well, I saw in Hamilton, um, spoken to people at Mississauga. Yeah. Um the biggest thing I always wanna like try to take away from everything is tell people that there's always a next step to this fight. And by uniting all of our black organizations mm-hmm. to work together on this forefront, um, have representatives of different region and all meet at a round table where we can talk about racial issues, but also a progressive plan of action, mm-hmm. right? And if we can work with um, older black organizations who have been in this fight, who can guide the youth, you know, cause there's a lot of energy on the youth right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So if we can try to work together, you know, sit down at city council meetings, present, ideas that we have with Ontario Ministry of Education, present ideas that we have, Mm. um, work with city council to put laws in place to protect us. Um, I feel like if I can somehow create that union or work with people like um, different organizations where we can create a union, I feel like this fight will have the momentum it needs until it sees changes made. And now's the time more than ever. Yeah. Not that I want to say it's a trend, but a lot more eyes are on this matter that we should definitely be taking advantage of to implement such policies. Yeah, like we so, can't stand by anymore no. and watch Hell it. Hell no. You know? Yeah. And people always ask, like, why are we at the marches or why are you being yeah. so active now? It's not just brand new. Like, we've been experiencing this. But yeah. now that we're able to have a bigger platform, mm-hmm. we're able to do more, mm-hmm. which is why I've chosen to, like, speak out more, which is why I've chosen to try to unite more yeah, organizations. I see you, man. I see you. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about your protest before we before we wrap this up. I just wanted to hear a little bit about your protest that you have coming yeah, up. Yeah, so um, we created a protest in Vaughan yeah. um, with a collective uh, called Vaughan We Stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much we are discussing... Um, like hate crimes in our community, um, interactions with the police, um, education system as well needs to be more representation of our black people. Um, and this is for the bond community. Um, this does spread throughout the GTA, but we're directing focus on bond right now. And um, we will be protesting June 19th um, at 6 p.m. outside of District 4 Police Station. It's um, by Rutherford and Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be leading the rally there discussing some of our personal stories of racism in society, um, the workplace, mm-hmm. education, and then we will be uh, rallying to Vaughn Mills where we'll have speakers from different organizations. Uh, one is parents of black children. Um, they're active in education system, mm-hmm. um, implementing different rules to help black people and bl- um, their black kids. Um, there will be other speakers with a short, uh, I think it's a spoken word, it's different poems. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So we'll be doing that June 19th, That's this big. Friday. That's yeah. big. So it's just the first step. Yeah, just um, the first step. But first you're continuing w- with this initiative, with this mm-hmm. movement that, that definitely needs to be taken. But yeah, man. you got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere, somewhere, man. And, and, you know, this is just the beginning. Like, yeah. this is just one of the angles that trying to help, trying mm-hmm. to help support. Um, hopefully the union idea will come to fruition where yeah. it's like a we stand union and many people on the same forefront want to work together. Mm-hmm. That's the aim. We all want to see the right things happen. Definitely, you know? definitely. It's just about coming together, using our voices as one, and then hopefully, you know, we see see the right changes made in society. Well, so, you know, Jonathan, I'm glad we can come together yeah, <laughs> and yeah, discuss no, these yeah. things. These are important. Um, I've been talking about this with you for some time now. It's uh, well overdue. This yes, this, uh, overdue, this podcast with you, but um, again, I'm glad you can come on, um, mm-hmm. talk about such issues because these are important and they're not trends. No, they're not trends. These are these are here to stay. So, yeah. um, Mr. One Love T.O. said it best. Tyrone sir. Rex, he said, my my trauma is not a trend. Facts. So. Facts. Shout out to him, man. So, yeah. On that note, man, we're out. We're out. We're out.